another episode of Top 10. I am your host, Joe Johnson, and I'm joined by Andrew Walker. Yes, hello, everybody. We're still alive, Joe. We're, <laughs> Amer- America still stands. We're somehow getting through this, um, <laughs> and uh, we want America to know that we're here for you. Yes. Um, so, it's a little, little a bit of a somber tone here in uh, the podcast room. Um, a week or so ago, uh, it was announced to our shock that Black Panther Chadwick Boseman passed away. And um, it was so surprising for me because earlier that day, before I had learned the news, I was at the Marvel exhibit at the Henry Ford Museum where I was taking pictures and posing with costumes from Black Panther and a Black Panther figure that you can get photo ops with. And so I get home and I start watching uh, the Avengers. I brought it up on Disney+. Plus. And as I'm watching the Avengers, I pick up my phone, I look at it, and I see the news alert. And I'm like, it didn't process. Like, I'm like, wait a second, I'm confused. Is, is there someone else named Chadwick Boseman that I'm not aware of? And, um, and eventually it sunk, sunk in, and I had to hold back the tears. It was a complete shock. Uh, apparently, he, he kept his battle with colon cancer um, private. And not a lot of people were aware of it. Um, and so it came as a shock for many, many people. What was your reaction when you uh, learned the news of uh, the Black Panther's passing? I was, I think I was just as shocked as, as everybody else. And like, uh, like, like you said, no, I don't think anybody knew about it except for possibly his wife and maybe, you know, parents. But even people at Disney said that they had no idea. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Coogler, who directed him in this movie, uh, Black Panther, uh, he said he had no idea. Yeah. I mean, think about this. He's been battling it for four years. Well, Black Panther came out in 2018, which meant he was undergoing chemo and had experienced surgery at some point and was shooting Black Panther where he was in peak physical condition. Right. It's crazy, and yeah, yeah, he, he looked he looked great in that film. Yeah, um, but th- think about how much he had to hide the all the pain that he he had to work through, yeah. and now that now we're on the other side of that because he's passed. Think about how strong of a person that is. I know that yeah. I would never be able to do what he did. Yeah, and then to go and visit little kids in hospitals like he yep. did, knowing <laughs> in his mind that's what he was dealing with that. That's just, it's an amazing character, really. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of my reactions was, upon learning of his death, I'm like, why Black Panther? Why did you have to take Black Panther from us? This is a movie that meant a lot to a lot of people. And some people would say, well, it's just a movie. But it, for a no. lot of people, it was more than that. And when you think about what's happening in the world today and, and a, you know, a push for equality and everything... Why did you have to take a hero to so many people? And hopefully what'll come out of this is more people will will undergo screenings and maybe you know the news of his path, passing will save lives um and maybe it'll inspire young people to to be the hero that we lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially people uh, uh maybe in their 40s uh get get the colonoscopy. I think a lot I think the, they tell you to get it at 50. Yeah. Let's cut that down to, you know, maybe 42 or something. Yeah, because he was only, what, 43? 43, yeah, yeah. And so so that means he would have been 
at least minimum 39 yeah. knowing about it yeah that's three years Too old young. that's three years older than i am right now so yeah you know i i these things they start to you know come into my mind too so yeah yeah so in honor of uh, chadwick boseman in uh black panther we decided a, a an appropriate theme today for top 10 is our top 10 marvel movies so we are going to um go down our list i asked andrew to come up with a list of um 10 of his favorite Marvel movies. Now, my list um, is pretty much going to focus on the MCU, but you would ask me, well, are we going to include, you know, Spider-Man or uh, X-Men? And I was like, yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, To be perfectly honest, the movies that have been part of the MCU are so darn good. As much as I love the Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire movies or the X-Men movies, Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of them would crack my top 10 list. So we're going to see how that plays out okay um so we're gonna start off with number 10 on my list this may surprise some people um but here is a little clip you dare threaten me thor was so puny what he was freaking me out where did he come from name he said it was thor you know, for a crazy homeless person, he's pretty cut. This is going on Facebook. Smile. Your ancestors called it magic, and you call it science. Well, I come from a place where they're one and the same. Now, there's a little backstory as to how Thor cracked my top ten. I don't know how it did on other people's uh, favorite Marvel movies list. But when Thor came out in the theaters, I dismissed it. I did not see it in a theater. Thor's not one of my favorite comic book characters i thought he was kind of silly with the cape and the hammer and the long flowing hair and i thought man they're, they're... this is before i uh stopped questioning marvel <laughs> i'm like there's no way they're going to be able to pull this off and so i remember i was visiting with family it was around the holidays or something and my cousin brought up thor and i said i've never seen it and they're like what how can you have not seen thor and she grabbed her blu-ray put it in my hand and said, when you get home, watch Thor. And I was like, all right. And I sat home, popped it in, watched it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much better than I could have ever imagined. It was funny. It was sweet. It was charming. Um, I thought um, Chris Hemsworth was just knocked it out of the park. Um, I loved everything about this movie. So one thing that will qualify a movie um, to, to make my top 10 is if it exceeds expectations. And in my opinion, Thor exceeded my expectations. Uh, what, what was your reaction to Thor? And tell me where it falls on your list. Okay. Um, the first two Thor movies are actually at the bottom of the my, bottom of your list, of my okay. whole uh, MCU. Um, especially the second one. It, yeah. It was it was difficult to watch. I'll agree with you on that. I, to be fair, I've only seen the first Thor, I think, twice. I saw it when it came out in the theaters and then maybe once since then. And I don't think even both times I watched it, I gave it uh, the due that it sh- sh- maybe should get. I would need to watch it again today to probably have a better um, appreciation for it. Um, but, but as of right now, it's just, and, and I agree with you that Thor is, uh, he does nothing for me as a, as a superhero. I, mm-hmm. I could take him or leave him. So, you know, I, 
I'm glad I'm glad he's there. I think he works better within the Avengers. Oh, sure. Rather than a solo. Uh sort of like probably like where we imagine the Hulk works better exactly. within a group compared to uh solo films. So yeah, that's yeah. Speaking of the Hulk, that's the only other Marvel movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I have not seen. Not only have I not seen it in theaters, I haven't seen it at all yet. The uh, the Edward Norton Edward, version. Yeah, I, um, I'm gonna have to check it out at some uh, point. But yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I I wasn't a fan of the Eric Bana version, and then when they did almost a remake with Edward Norton, just like a few years later, I'm like, what is going on here? So yeah, so I, I don't know the Hulk. I, I like you said. I much prefer the Hulk as part of an ensemble piece. Yep. All right, moving on to number nine. This is a movie uh, we just talked about a little bit. Wakanda forever. Black Panther, crack my top ten, comes All in right. at number nine. Released in 2018. Great movie. Um, a lot of people refer to this movie as Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe's crowning achievement. Um, not sure if I agree with it, but I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I loved, um, the message that it has. Um, I even love the villain. I loved Killmonger's backstory that, um, you almost kind of get where he's coming from. Like, he's like, why are you not sharing the, the power that you have in the technology and the weapons to help people like us out in other parts of the world. And you're like, yeah, why aren't you doing that? My, my theory is that if those two sat down in a room together for an hour, they'd be on the same page. Yeah. They would go out and get stuff done. I agree. <laughs> and so I really, really enjoyed the villain in this movie. And that's something I really appreciate in a movie is when, when the villain is sympathetic, like you kind of get where they're coming from and, yeah. It's unfortunate that, you know, it has the, the, the tragic ending for him because there's a moment there at the end of the movie where you're kind of hoping that maybe they'll save Killmonger, and then he's like, I don't want to be saved. And I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful stuff. It was. So um, Black Panther is just such an important movie to a lot of people, and he's such a great hero. And, and um, you know, we, we were introduced to him in Civil War, Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, he played, you know, Wakanda, you know, played a major role in, in infinity war. And it was really great to see black Panther become a major player, uh, in the Avengers movies and the Marvel movies. Um, and again, just to, you know, reiterate what we said earlier, it's just such a huge loss. And I just read recently that Marvel said they are not going to recast T'Challa, they're they're going to crown the Black Panther mantle on somebody new. That's what I figured they would do. And you know, some people are saying maybe it should be given to Shuri, which yeah. I think is a really interesting proposal. Mm-hmm. I, I love uh, um, Letitia Williams. I think is her name I that think, played I, Shuri. I think it's right, Letitia Wright. Well, okay, yeah, Letitia Wright. Yeah, I absolutely loved her in the Black Panther movies, and and um and to give her. The Black Panther mantle, I would be all for that. I just think that would be awesome. And I, I thought the same thing, and I was just going to bring it up if you didn't bring it up. Yeah, she could be the new ba- Black Panther, but you know how she's more like tech-heavy and yeah. uh, uh, computer-heavy? I wonder if she would, well, you know, now now that the whole rest of the world knows about Wakanda, somehow use technology and not just brute force, yeah. but technology and brain power to to fight things yeah maybe they could you know go that that direction 
when we last left Wakanda, pretty much those flowers that give the Black Panther its power um, were all pretty much destroyed. So unless there's a crop of them hiding somewhere in Wakanda, I don't know if they can give someone the new Black Panther powers, but... They're, I completely forgot about that part. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward with it, but I kind of expect the next Black Panther movie, whenever they get around to it, that it's going to start off with a grand funeral for T'Challa and then pass the mantle on to somebody else. I wonder if they would use some sort of uh, uh, rotoscoping technology like they did with Carrie Fisher and Star Wars. And bring him in. And bring, uh, bring him in from you know pre- previous footage from yeah. previous films. Not nothing too long, nothing big, but yeah. just simply him handing it over to her in sort of like a spiritual ceremony. Right, right. And, and it doesn't have to be him physically, but like a, you know him spiritually. Right. Um, I would love be that. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would like that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did download this clip that I wanted to play today. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. You reach out with both hands and bust and segment. They lead you into the green veld where you can run forever. Ooh, gives me goosebumps, man. <laughs> All right, so Black Panther clocks in at number nine. I'm going to move on to number eight. Again, this this might be a controversial pick, but I've rewatched this movie several times and every time i see it i like it better each time i'm sorry tony if i see a situation pointed south i can't ignore it sometimes i wish i could sometimes i want to punch you in your perfect teeth stay down final warning i could do this all day all right i've run out of patience on the roof Hey, everyone. Captain America Civil War. Now, some people kind of dismiss it, say it's not one of the better Marvel movies. But each time I watch it, I realize how significant it is because it introduced us to Black Panther and Wakanda, or, yeah, and Wakanda for the most part. And Spider-Man. Um, and Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and watching the Avengers split into these factions and seeing them go toe-to-toe with each other. But pulling their punches because they didn't want to hurt each other until there's a big reveal at the end of the movie. And then Iron Man and Captain America just start unleashing on each other. <laughs> it's, it's tough to watch because these two great characters are going at it, but it's such a powerful movie and, and, um, and everyone contributes, um, you know, and that's the amazing thing about the Marvel movies is that they're brilliantly taking all these characters and, and allowing each of them to shine and to play their role. And you would think that having all these characters on screen at the same time would be overwhelming and, and would result in nonsense, kind of like those, you know, Schumacher Batman movies when they just <laughs> tried to cram too much into one movie. But sure. Marvel is just masterful at, at putting all these characters on the screen and, and, and giving them each their due. And, and so Civil War, I think, has some really, really important moments in the cinematic universe and is entertaining as heck. So where does um, Civil War fall on uh, your list? I actually don't have Civil War okay. on this list. I do love the movie, um, but it's probably more so in the middle of the pack. 
for me. Um, but but that's saying a lot because I love these movies so much. Um, uh, it 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 shows it's it's sort of sort of symbolic where it shows the captain led side who believes more in I guess liberty versus the Iron Man side who thinks. Oh, you know, safety's number one. Right. So, and and that's of course the the number one issue that, or one of the biggest issues uh, in the world today. You know, liberty versus safety, and yeah. So it was it was pretty symbolic about that, and I I think they ha- handled handled it well. Um, and like you said, it was nice seeing uh, uh, Black Panther on screen for the first time, and then the, the, our new young uh, Spider Man for the Tom first time. Tom Holland, yeah, Tom who Holland. just was fantastic in yep. the role. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a great movie. I've, I've, I. It's one of those films I've watched probably at least once a year since it's come out now. Yeah, the last four years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and I can see both sides of the argument too. You know, the Iron Man side versus Captain America side, um, where you know if you follow Captain America's logic, the problem with leaving the Avengers unchecked is every time they're they're in a big battle, they destroy everything around them and people die as they're trying to save the world. And so Tony's argument is, you know, we need to kind of put things in check and work with the cooperation of global governments. And so you kind of see both sides sure. of the issues. So, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I think it's a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's number eight on my list. Number seven is another one of those movies that um, exceeded my expectations. I saw, I, I knew nothing about this superhero team, and when I read about them, I'm like, "What is this supposed to see or be?" And I, I thought it was just going to be like a one and done, a, a weird experiment. And my God, it turned out to be so much better than I ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Come from Earth, a planet of outlaws. My name is Peter Quill. There's one other name you might know me by, Star Lord. Who? Well, Star Lord, man, legendary outlaw. Guys, forget it. <laughs> so it was funny. It was exciting. You take this ragtag bunch of heroes and throw them all together. You got a raccoon and a tree and a purple guy and a green girl. And um, I just thought it was so darn entertaining. Um, And uh, I absolutely love this movie. And I I actually like the sequel quite a bit, too. Yep. Um, But I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just one of the most entertaining movies I've seen in recent years. And talk about exceeding my expectations it just blew away my expectations what are your thoughts on guardians of the galaxy guardians um i i love it it's it's actually my number 10 okay. um i i i've, I've been a, a big chris pratt fan back uh when he was on um uh, parks, parks and, Rec. and Rec, yeah and then all of a sudden i, I see him on the show start losing weight <laughs> and then uh, a couple months later i hear Chris Pratt is going to be in a new Marvel movie. So yeah. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. I'm not as big of uh, a, a a comic book nerd as a lot of people, so I, I had never heard of Guardians. But once I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, we got something here. This, yeah. This works on every level. Uh, he's great as the lead. All the other characters are great. The idea, like you said, the, the idea we have a, a raccoon, a Groot, all, all these <laughs> absurd things. 
but then also how they tie into things that we already know yeah you know in the marvel universe and i love it and i can't wait in probably two or three years from now (laughs) when we get the third one right yeah yeah and it's it could be a really really great trilogy when it's all said and done and you know you talk about chris pratt on parks and rec if you were to go back in time and tell your younger self he's going to be a superhero someday, you'd be like, come on. He's pudgy, he's soft, he's goofy. And somehow he tra- transformed himself into a leading man superhero, and he did the same thing in the Jurassic Park franchise. And I never would have predicted he was going to go on to become one of the biggest stars on the planet. I, I didn't either, but good for uh, him. <laughs> yeah, and he, the, his casting in Guardians of the Galaxy was was just, I think, what helps make the movie as entertaining as it as it is. For that type of film, you got to have somebody who's genuinely funny uh, as the lead, not somebody uh, just trying to fake the funny. He's a genuinely funny guy. Exactly, know? and it comes across. Yep. Um, all right, so that is number seven on my list. Let's move on to number six, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Andrew. All right. Number six, it, it, to me, sort of is in the same vein of Guardians of the Galaxy, where um, it's very, very funny, very entertaining, um, unlike most of the the Marvel movies, which um, even though they're really entertaining, a lot of them have a lot of serious uh, you know, undertones. Uh, this movie went in a different direction and, and uh, is almost laugh-out-loud funny. And now, I give you your incredible... Yes! We know each other. He's a friend from work. <laughs> that classic line from Thor Ragnarok, from what I've read, was um, suggested by a, a child who was visiting the set as a, a make-a-wish uh, that was granted, and he made a comment about Hulk being a friend from work, and and um, and Chris Hemsworth said, "Hey, let's do a take where I say it." And not only did it make the movie, it made the trailer, wow. which was great. Um, Again, you know, like you said, I really enjoyed Thor. Thor 2, not so much. When Ragnarok came out, I, I, I had low expectations. I didn't know what to expect going in. And I uh, found it so thoroughly entertaining. I love me some Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was fantastic as the, the what is it, the master? Uh, I forget what his character yeah, is. I don't something, remember the name. Something master. But um, he was he was great. He had great lines. Um the other two creatures that um, were kind of imprisoned with Thor, they were really funny. Right. And, what, um, one of them were was voiced by the director. Uh, oh, okay. Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the taller guy. Yeah. The, the big rock guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and Taika, I mean, he's he's becoming one of my favorite directors. And Same he's here. He's heavily involved in The Mandalorian. And yep. He did Jojo Rabbit. And um, mm-hmm. and so his fingerprints was were all over Thor Ragnarok. And... Um, I absolutely loved it, and and it cracked my top ten. Um, what was your reaction to Ragnarok when you saw it in theaters? I absolutely loved it. I saw it with my uh, sister and brother-in-law at the MJR in Waterford. I remember we went early in the morning on the first showing because we were so excited to see it, <laughs> and uh, it didn't disappoint at all. Like I don't have any complaints about this movie. Um, the the, 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 all the colors, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's a very colorful movie, right? Um, especially when you know they go to that one planet where Jeff Goldblum is. 
of course, he's one of my favorite actors, Jeff Goldblum. So he stole the show. Um, and now, uh, like we were talking about, the director, uh, Taika Waititi, is doing the sequel called Thor Love and Death. I think it's called or Thor Love and... Now, is that the one where Natalie Portman is yeah, going to play yes, like, a major role yes. in it? Interesting. She's going to be like a, a female Thor guy, wow. as, as far as I know. But, yeah, it's called Thor Love and Death or something like that. Of course, we don't know when we're going to see that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's all I can say about that movie until it's my turn to talk about it on my number three. Now, of course, um, Ragnarok um, ex- established a reason why Thor and the Hulk were missing from Civil War. Now, uh, the real reason is, and I remember hearing the, the creators talk about this, is if they're going to have the Avengers, you know, splitting in half and fighting each other, that the Hulk and Thor would just, it would be too much like to see Thor uh, going against the Avengers with all his power and, and the Hulk just creaming people so they were like let's send them off on a side quest because it would just tilt the scales too much if they were fighting the other avengers so that's the real reason but i um, i I hadn't thought of that yeah okay yeah and so so um so while the avengers were fighting amongst each other in civil war hulk and thor were off having their adventure in ragnarok and it all just came together really really nicely and was just incredibly entertaining yep so yep all right, so that's my number 10 through 6. We'll get to my top 5 in a moment, but I'm going to give Andrew a chance to go over his uh 10 through 6. Okay, uh two of the two of these uh two of these five we've we've talked about, so I won't go over those too many, but I'll still go. Uh, my number 10 is Guardians 1, which I loved for all the right reasons we said. Yep. It was un- unexpected, out of left field, but it worked and and uh, they 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 knew they caught lightning in a bottle with the cast, the ensemble, the story, Chris Pratt, everything. Um, now I'm going to go up to n- my number nine, which is not in the MCU. It is X Men First Class. Okay, I really, really, really like that movie. Um, I was an uh, a med- I guess a medium fan of the the first three X Men movies mm-hmm. from you know from two thousand to two thousand six. Yeah, I enjoyed them. I didn't dislike them, and and some people say X Men Two is is one of the better Marvel movies. Period. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed all of the X Men movies. Um, but I thought First Class uh, brought a little bit of fresh air to it, obviously because of the new casting. Uh, you know the younger casting it, it taking place in the early '60s. Um, um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but yeah, it's my number nine, number eight, which I love because it is so funny. It has one of my favorite actors, and is uh, the first Ant Man. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and like you said about Chris Pratt, I say about Paul Rudd. If, oh, if, yeah. if you were to go back to when Paul Rudd was in Anchorman in 2004 and told him, "Hey, buddy, guess what? You're going to be <laughs> you're going to be getting paid 15 million dollars a year to play Ant Man in a Marvel movie," <laughs> he'd be like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> right? You know, but it works. Uh, and one thing that's great about uh, the casting in the series is the casting is it's so believable. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say 90 percent of your production is casting. Yeah. So they they do great with casting. Um, what I gotta say about Ant Man, 
when Ant-Man came out, I enjoyed it, but by the t- by the time it came out, I was getting a little burnout on origin stories. I was getting tired of having to sit through half hour, 45 minutes of someone gaining their abilities and stuff. Like I, I, I wanted to see movies where we just kind of leap in to see what's going on. Um, and so in my opinion, I actually liked Ant-Man and the Wasp better than the first Ant-Man because okay. it's like, okay, we got the origin story out of the way. Boom, we leap right into this adventure. And I really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp quite a bit. Yeah, me, me too. I like it almost just as much as the first one. Yeah. Um, it's just the first one. I, I, I guess for me, I just I, I do like the origin origin story, but the second one was probably just as good in my opinion. Yeah. Now, the one one of the reasons that Ant Man doesn't crack my top ten is the villain. I thought the villain oh. was kind of weak. It was uh, I can't even remember his name. I know he was like a bee of some sort. <laughs> yeah. What was he? The, he I, was. Uh, he had the lasers that came out. Yeah, on the side. And, and so I I think that might be the reason why I don't like ant-man as much as you is is i I felt the the villain was sort of weak but um you know the worst marvel movie is better than most movies so oh oh, yeah so i can't complain too much right right all right my next one number seven is black panther like we talked about Mm -hmm. uh i won't go to you know too too much on it but there was one scene in particular which was so beautiful and i'll never forget it's when t'challa is uh, in that open field, and and uh, it, everything is all purple and dark at night. And I, I believe it's when he's talking to the spirit of his father. Yeah, yeah. That scene right there just like stuck with me forever because it was so big and beautiful. Yeah. And he had yeah. his doubts about whether or not he can yes. lead, and his father told him that you have the ability to lead. That yeah. part, both both you know visually and uh, emotionally, right yeah. there. I I don't think I'll ever forget that. Right. Um. To to see where the where they go forward with the series, it's as anybody's guess. Yeah, but I support them wholeheartedly. Uh, they got a great thing going. It's just unfortunate we lost uh, Chadwick, but uh, mm. we'll uh, we'll 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 see how they keep it going. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then my number six is Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So I was that a a split Marvel um, Sony production. I think so because Sony, at the time of Civil War, owned the rights to uh, or had the rights to Spider Man, and they had to loan them out to Marvel, which right. like makes my brain hurt. Yeah, yeah. and I, and from what I read, when they were ready to go into production on Civil War, they weren't even sure they were going to get them, and then they found out like at the last moment that they were able to get them. Wow! And so, so yeah, so Sony does have its hand in these Spider Man movies. Okay. Um. I like that it's our first proper introduction to the uh, Tom Holland. Obviously, we saw him in Civil War, right? But we get to know him as a kid. Um, he to me, he's more believable as a high schooler compared to Tobey Maguire, or Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I agree. Who, who, I mean, it's not their own fault, but you know, they were older when they they made these roles. And I know Tom Holland's probably twenty two or so, but he looks. A oh, lot man. younger. Yeah, definitely. So that that's definitely in his favor. Um, he's a he's a British actor who has a great American accent. Yeah. With some British actors, you can tell sometimes it bleeds through. Yeah. But with him, he's great. Um, his his I guess his relationship with Tony, how he yeah. kind of looked up to him, almost like a father figure. 
that always hit me right here in the heartstrings. Yeah. And of course the end of uh 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 end game, you know. Oh right, right. Um uh so yeah, homecoming was great and then of course Far From Home was great and I can't see or I can't wait to see what they uh do with the next thing. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh the Spider Man movies. I was I was relieved that they didn't redo the origin story again because We'd seen it in the Tobey Maguire movie. Mm-hmm. Then they did it again in the Andrew Garfield movies, but they like changed it quite a bit. They changed his origins, and 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 I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? And and I liked uh, Tobey Maguire's sort of innocence that he brought to the role. Yeah, where Andrew um, Garfield was kind of an a hole in these movies. I did not <laughs> like Peter Parker in those movies, like. Like I was really bothered by a scene with Andrew Garfield when he he sh- he caught a bad guy and then he hit him in the face with the webbing and and the bad guy was suffocating, and as as Spider Man mocked him, the bad guy is suffocating until he goes over and like pokes some holes in the webbing and I'm like that's cruel like I don't see Spider Man in the comics doing that to somebody like torturing them as you mock them so I I'm not a fan and a lot of people aren't of the Andrew Garfield movies. And so I was so glad to see Tom Holland come on board with this youthful enthusiasm, like in civil wars, like, Hey, you're captain America. Yeah. Hey, you know, and he's, he's got that enthusiasm and, and, and naivete. Like, like when he, when he meets Dr. Strange in, uh, in infinity war and uh, he goes, hi, I'm Peter Parker. And he goes, I'm Dr. Strange. He goes, oh, we're using our made-up names, I guess, that I'm Spider-Man then. And yeah. I love what he brings to that role. It's it's just great. Um, now, again, as much as I enjoyed Homecoming, I actually liked Far From Home better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought what they did with Mysterio was a really interesting yeah. take on the character. That was, that was a great choice with, with what they did. Yeah. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't know much about the character, to begin with, so I was just kind of seeing it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Then with the twist, and then how the movie ends, which yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything, <laughs> just in case someone out there hasn't heard it. But yeah, man, that was it. It was a, it was just honestly just below uh, the other my original Spider uh, choice uh, of Homecoming. It, it's yeah. a great movie. I, I, I give it a enjoyed it. Yeah, eight, at least an eight and a half out of ten. That one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right, so that's your 10 through 6. Yep. Let's move on to our top 5. Um, number 5 on my list. Um, at one time was number 3 on my list, but some movies have come out since then that kind of knocked it down a few pegs. Um, but here's number 5 on my list. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles that we never could. Again, uh, Avengers, you know, they, it came out fairly early on in the establishment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I had my doubts that they were going to pull it off. I'm like, how are you going to handle all these strong characters all on screen at the same time? And they pulled it off. The movie's a little long. I, I watched it again recently, and I'm like, just when you think the movie can be winding down and it just kind of keeps going and, and like things are coming out of a portal in the sky and you're like, wow, it's like things are just getting going an hour and a half into the movie. Um, but again, Marvel was just masterful at bringing all these characters on screen 
and in giving each one uh, each character its due and um it's it's funny it's entertaining loki is at his best um in this uh-huh. movie we neglected to talk about loki and ragnarok he was oh, great yeah. in ragnarok too yep. and Loki's become one of my favorite movie villains of all time, what they've done with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just had some great lines in, in Avengers. And, uh, you know, when he's he's arguing, trying to argue with the Hulk, and the Hulk just starts throwing him around like a rag doll <laughs> is, is one of my favorite movie moments of all time. Um, but again, you know, Mar- uh, Marvel's Advent- Avengers just exceeded my expectations. It was so much better than I could have ever thought it, it could be and um and is one of my not only favorite marvel movies but one of my all-time favorite movies um what were your uh what was your reaction to avengers when it came out i i loved it when it came out i think that was 2012 uh let's see yep there? 2012 yeah, exactly um yeah i loved it i it's not one of my favorites um but um, I, I kind of felt like there was too much going on at that time because movies previous to that, they were all pretty much like solo films. Oh, exactly, yeah. So when everybody got together, <laughs> I, I really had to pay attention to, to follow everything. And I, I I didn't get it all, you know, seeing it, seeing it in the theater the first time. So I had to, you know, watch it several more times. It started to make sense. But it... it but that's that's a lot of these movies like uh Infinity War and Endgame they they are kind of overstuffed a little overpacked because you know that the creators want to put as much as they can within a movie to yeah. to please everybody so i get yeah. it um but yeah i i don't have any complaints about the movie it's just it's it's more middle of the pack for me and i, I like how they like kind of folded in the characters like they all didn't appear at the beginning they kind of introduced them like brought them in slowly throughout the movie like we don't see thor until pretty far along in the movie when they have loki on board the plane and all of a sudden you start seeing lightning and stuff and you're like "Uh oh here comes thor Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite lines in the movie is is when they're talking badly about loki and thor says now that he is my brother and it's like well he killed like 80 people over the last couple days and he goes well he's adopted I'd love that line. I'd love that line. Um, so, yeah, again, it was just amazing to me that they, they brought all these characters in and, and pulled it off. It was just so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, number four. Now, a lot of these movies that we were talking about are pretty light and kind of fun. Uh, number four on my list kind of goes in the other direction, which m- makes me really, really love it as, as a Good movie. Uh, let me play a little clip here. Are you ready for the world to see you as you really are? Look out the window. You know how the game works. Disorder, war. All it takes is one step. We're going to neutralize a lot of threats before they even happen. Thought the punishment usually came after the crime. Shield takes the world as it is, not as we'd like it to be. This isn't freedom. This is fear. You need to keep both eyes open. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? So Avengers kind of laid the groundwork a little bit of some distrust when Captain America discovered that um, that Shield had some weapons that were manufactured based on. Hydra technology and, and Captain America was like, what's going on here? 
civil war ran with it and Mm -hmm. you didn't know who to trust. Like people who had been established as good guys in earlier movies, you find out are going around whispering hell Hydra. And it's like, Oh my God. And some people compare winter soldier um, to some of the greatest like political intrigue movies of the sixties and seventies. Like it was a very serious movie about politics and government and the government deciding what's best for its citizens yeah. to the point where they're like, well, we're going to take out people we think are going to cause trouble. And it's like, yeah. holy cow. And and sadly, the real world has almost kind of followed that path. But yeah. um, but it's a very serious movie. And so, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't rank higher because I don't think it's as fun as some of the other movies, but... It's a great movie. It's a really good movie with a great story. What's your thoughts on uh, Winter Soldier? Yeah, it, it is one of the more serious films yeah. in tone, and and just there's a lot of lot a lot of violence and fighting. Not graphic violence, of course, but mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 like the opposite of like Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and tone and everything. Uh, I loved it. I I've course i saw in the theater when it first came out and i love captain america he's he's one of my favorite marvel characters um and to see him confront his buddy from the past Mm -hmm. that's that's a pretty oh yeah bucky they brought in bucky as the villain yeah bucky as as the winter soldier and think about all the emotional uh divide within captain's head about oh well this guy's gonna be a murderer but is there is Bucky still in there somewhere where I can save him? Yeah, um, I know. I I love this movie. It 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 didn't crack my list, but uh, it's a it's a great film. That surprises me that it didn't crack your list because a lot of people I know who are Marvel fans rank this one really highly, and a lot of people I talk to claim that it's their number one favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And wow. I'm like, wow. Okay. But yeah, I I love it. I, I just think it's a great movie not just a comic book movie but a a great movie that i almost put on par with the dark knight like the dark knight um is a comic book movie but its themes are very serious and very real about good and evil and and how easy it is to push somebody good over the edge and here in in uh, winter soldier captain america who was established as a goody goody flag waving patriot now is full of distrust and, and, and doesn't know who to trust and is is labeled a bad guy, you know, in this movie. It's so shocking to see that happen. Yep. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. All right, number three, a um, little bit more recent movie. We've touched on it a little bit tonight. Here's a clip. Tell me his name again. Thanos. Thanos is just the... Latest in a long line of bastards, and he'll be the latest to fill my vengeance fate. Wills it so? Thanos has been inside my head for six years since he sent an army to New York, and now he's back. He invades planets, he takes what he wants, he wipes out half the population. Now, this clip that I played is uh, Thanos heavy, and, and the reason I did that is because I think Thanos is one of the greatest villains in movie history. Um, not that I sympathize with what he wants to do, but I, I kind of get it. Like he, in his twisted way, he wants to bring peace to the universe. And he thinks that by doing that, you have to wipe out half of all life and which is crazy, but 
but his goal is to bring peace. And they even touch on in the movie that on planets where he accomplished his goal, that they were, they did become peaceful and they became prosperous because of what he did. See, see, Joe, fascism works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you could argue like maybe, I mean, especially when you're seeing what's going on in the world, you might think oh, Thanos might have been on to something. Um, but Thanos being a great villain helps make Infinity War a great movie. And again, it's bringing a lot of personalities on screen. You know, they, they're adding more characters than what we saw in Avengers. Yeah. And br- taking the fight to Wakanda and, 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 and having all them come into play. And um, it's amazing what they pulled off. But what makes Infinity War for me go from a good movie to a great movie is the ending. Um, I never saw it coming, even though we knew there was a sequel coming. So I wasn't quite sure how they were going to end it. But there's a little bit of a safety net going, well, there's a second Infinity War movie coming out. Sure. Um, but the ending, which I won't go into too much detail for anyone who might not have seen it, um, but it was a gut punch. Like, oh, yeah. For someone like me who's been going to movies my whole life, you, there's kind of an expectation of this happy Hollywood ending, and you see it all the time, and movies follow a certain structure of a, you know, a introduction first third a dark middle third and then a resolution at the end and the happy hollywood ending and when a movie deviates from that it's a it's a bit of it's kind of shocking and that's exactly what infinity war did is it deviated from the happy hollywood ending and i remember sitting in the theater feeling like the air had gotten sucked out of the theater like everybody in there and the place was packed was sat there in stunned silence like what did i just see what happened here um, and so for me, the ending makes, um, infinity war, a great movie that I can, I can watch again and again, because everything that leads up to the ending is enormously entertaining. Everybody going on their quests and, and all the characters coming together. And, and, um, like I said, Thanos being a great villain. Um, but then the ending, it, it just makes you look at movies in a different way. Like you don't necessarily need that happy Hollywood ending to make a great movie. Um, so where does uh, Infinity War fall on your list? I, I don't have it on my list, actually. It didn't crack your top no. ten. I'm curious to see your top five now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I saw this film just once when it came out in theaters, and that was it. It's, it's not because I didn't like it, because I loved it. It's just because you know how life is. There's so many movies and tv shows uh you know we we watch we try to keep up with and plus i knew literally one year later that i would have the the sequel to it so it's like i don't know if i need to really watch it again um but yeah no it was it was long um i'm one of those people that love long movies Mm -hmm. to me the more the more you can the more story you can pack into a movie yeah without it being overstuffed yeah but you know give it another 20 minutes i I love that. So Infinity I, War to me didn't feel like its length. No, it didn't. Even when I, I just watched it again recently, I, I, I had back to back viewings of Infinity War and Endgame, which I'll talk about in a second. But it doesn't feel long to me because it's so it moves along at a quick pace, and there's always something going on. There's no slow moments in the entire film. Yep. Yeah, the pacing was great. Uh, you never felt like it was a slog in in any way. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, I, I love it. Then, so like I said, you know, we know there's going to be a sequel uh, after Infinity War. 
And I just, like I said, I just watched Infinity War and Endgame back to back. And as much as I find Endgame entertaining and there's some really great moments in it, like, you know, Cap picking up Thor's hammer and, and the portals opening up and, you know, Black Panther stepping through and everyone coming to save the day. There's some really great moments in Endgame, but it's, to me, it's almost a little disappointing because it undid what made Infinity War so great. Like it gave them sort of a easy out, which I mean, it's not easy by any means, but it's like Infinity War was so powerful, but they, they were like, well, we're going to kind of undo what, what we did in Infinity War. And it's, it's a little disappointing. And then, and then they kind of set up rules for time travel and end game. And then they break their own rules and what Captain America did at the end of Endgame, I thought was a mistake. I think they should have ended the movie at uh, Tony Stark's funeral uh, and then rolled credits because as soon as Captain America did what he did, I rolled my eyes because it was selfish what he did. He changed the timeline, which kind of violated the rules. Like they said that if you go back in time, with the infinity stones and you do something different, you create a new timeline. Well, that's exactly what he did yet. Somehow he appeared in the current timeline, which I thought was BS because you told us early in the movie, you can't do that. And so if the, if he was going to live his alternate life that he wanted to, he should have at the end of it came back to the time machine and like appeared in the time machine as an old man. And, and all the other Avengers would be like, oh, my God, did something happen? He's like, no, 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 everything's fine. But to have him come over and sit on the park bench knowing exactly when they were going to be in that area doing their thing, I thought that kind of violated the rules they established, and I thought it was very selfish of him to do that. And plus, by going back in time and living, you know, 80 years or whatever, Think about this. He he witnessed 9-11. He witnessed all the great tragedies of of American history. Did he do anything about it? Because if he's in this timeline, that means 9-11 happened and all these terrible things happened well, and he did nothing about it. Well, we don't we don't necessarily know that's true because at the very end, when they're just sitting on on that park bench overlooking the lake. At that moment, you don't know that 9-11 didn't happen. Right, yeah, because they never referred to it in that timeline. So all all that we know is just what we see in that little area. Right. So Marvel could throw us a huge left turn and be like, okay, this this is the new reality. Yeah. Which I don't see them doing, but it's, you know, it's a possibility. Well, that like one, I, I read someone talking about, you know, Captain America's life that 80 years and. They're like, well, what if she had married someone else? He went back and like ruined that. And they said, well, not necessarily because they never showed who Peggy's um, husband was. It could have been Steve Rogers the whole time. We just oh, never when, when they were saw d- that dancing in the house. Yeah, well, like, oh no, or- like, like, if if Captain America didn't go back in time, Peggy would have lived her life and had married and and had her own life. So by going back in time, did he ruin all that oh. or? was Steve Rogers always the guy. Like, when he went back in time, you saw that picture on her desk of a young Steve Rogers. So does that mean that in this timeline that she had been married to Steve Rogers? I I, I don't know. It makes my head hurt thinking about it. Yeah, there's a whole... 
Reddit rabbit hole, I'm sure we yeah, could go down. Yeah, but that's why I think they, they should have never done that. I, I mean, I know they wanted to give Chris Evans an out, and, and that's exactly what they did, but I, I thought they sort of broke the rules doing that. But uh, one, one more thing with um, Infinity Wars. Um, my The only thing, the only negative feeling I, I, I had walking out of the theater, and I mentioned it to my brother-in-law, and uh, you touched on a, a second ago, and I said, okay, we saw what just happened. A year from now, we we know what's going to happen. Everything you just saw is going to be undone, right? You know, so which it's impossible from a, a Disney standpoint to keep that a secret, right? About what's going to happen, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree that you know giving themselves an out diminishes the impact of Infinity War, but but if you just watch Infinity War as a standalone movie, it's a pretty it is darn good. great movie it is very good. Yeah. yeah yep all right two more on my list um you know i i'm a big fan of origins like and not you know i was just complaining about origin stories but what i mean by that is these next two movies number two and number one kind of set the tone for the entire um marvel cinematic universe let's go to number two first i asked for an army and all i got was you congratulations you just got promoted Mr. Stark? I had some ideas about the uniform. Captain, we are much alike. What made you so special? Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. So Captain America, the first Avenger, came out in 2011. Love the movie. Love the time period that they set it in, in World War II. Love the director. Joe Johnston with a T is don't, for, uh, don't forget that T. Yeah, yeah. He uh, you know, he did the Rocketeer. He did a lot of great movies. And I don't know if many people know this. I thought this was a coincidence at first, but as a kid and a fan of Star Wars, I was always fascinated by the production of Star Wars and had books about the art of Star Wars and a lot of illustrations for like the mechanical ships and things in the star Wars movies, the signature on the bottom of a lot of the drawings I had was Joe Johnston with a T. And as a kid, I'm like, that's cool. His name's almost like mine. So then when I learned about the director, Joe Johnston, I'm like, Oh, that's a weird coincidence. And then I was like, no, it's not a coincidence. It's the same guy. The guy who helped design and shape the star Wars universe went on to become a fine, fine director and, yep. and directed um, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, which if you were to, if you're a fan of the Rocketeer, there's a lot of similarities there. There's that flag waving patriotism, good guy, all American boy type thing, and they have a lot of similar elements. Um, and I just loved Captain America. I loved the villain. I loved Red Skull. I thought he was a great, memorable villain. Um, I, I loved everything about Captain America. Yeah. So where does it's, it fall on your list? That that's that's my number five. I Look love that. that movie uh, for many of the reasons you just said. Uh, it has more. Uh, I don't know if it's some sort of filter they fil- fil- uh, filmed it with or uh, computer generated filter, but it's got slightly more of like a comic book look to it. Yeah. Especially back uh, in the first uh, third of the movie when he's in New York City and. Uh, you know, all the experiments are done uh, on them. And then also, uh, you talk about Joe Johnston. I love The Rocketeer. That's, that was one of my favorite films as a kid. Yeah, me too. So now I, I, I look back and <clears throat> I see the style of that movie uh, and the, the, the wardrobe of that movie. There, he uses a lot of leather. 
Um, and it's just very cool and stylistic. Yeah. To a, a certain era, and and that shows with uh, the new ca- this first Captain America movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I I have no complaints about this movie. Red, like you said, Red Skull was the perfect villain for this. Um, I love how he, uh, Captain he has his little ensemble of uh, troops. Yeah. That help him out. Um, this is this is a movie I can watch over and over again. It's got good rewatchability for me. I agree. And and the effects of of creating the young scrawny Steve Rogers to me seeing that in theaters, I'm I was sitting there like watching David Copperfield on stage or something. I'm like, "How did they pull this off? How did they do this?" And you know, they reveal the secrets later, but I just thought the technology was amazing that they would film a skinny actor and then kind of map uh Chris Evans' face to the skinny actor. Mm-hmm. I thought the technology was groundbreaking and revolutionary. I, I just thought it, it was amazing. Yeah, it, it, it was very uh, new for its time, and that was what nine years ago. And look, look how far we've come since then. Yeah, uh, you know, with that, with that type of stuff. Yeah. And there's several movies I've seen throughout my life where I have memories of sitting in the theater and the crowd would cheer at certain moments, like in an um, in Endgame when Cap picks up the hammer and stuff like that. The crowd cheered, and I remember seeing uh, the first Avenger. When uh, one uh, Hydra villain uh, has a kid, like using a kid as a hostage, and then he throws him in the water and runs off, and Cap thinks he has to rescue the kid, and the kid says, I could swim, go get him. And the crowd like cheered. It was such a great moment where he's like, go on, go get the bad guy. And it was yeah. such a great moment, and, and it was just such a fun movie. And then, of course, the uh, the twist ending where he wakes up in the the modern world was just oh, such a yeah. great ending to help yeah. bridge everything together and kind of set the tone for his character. So yeah, um, definitely one of my all time favorite movies. Period. Yep. And then number one on my list, the movie that started it all. I, I, I'm just not the the hero type. Clearly, with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I made largely public truth is i am iron man such a great movie again you know when i was a kid i I didn't read comics a lot i read my uh, star wars comics i was just a star wars nut growing up and i was familiar with some of the marvel cartoons that were on tv or whatever but i wasn't a big comic book reader and i wasn't all that familiar with Iron Man. Uh, I knew of Tony Stark. I kind of knew of Iron Man. But um, when I went in to see the movie, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to hold up. Um, you know, so many superhero movies that have come before it were disappointing. And so, again, I went in kind of with low expectations. And the sequence where he escapes the cave in that homemade Mach 1 Iron Man suit in my opinion, is one of the greatest movie moments I've ever seen, like it, as far as movies that I enjoy. It was the one of the most exciting, thrilling, like I wanted to stand on my feet and cheer as he's escaping this cave. It was just amazing. And it just kept getting better and better and better. And for the longest time, Iron Man and, and Captain America, those two movies were kind of neck and neck for me. It's, it's like one and two. It was kind of hard for me to pick one over the other. But with the benefit of hindsight, I began to realize that Iron Man 
fills the number one slot for me because it was the first. It was the mm-hmm. origin. It set the tone for the humor and the action. And every Marvel movie that followed had those elements, followed that blueprint yep. of mixing humor and action and tragedy. And, and so it set the tone. It created this universe that we're so blessed and lucky to experience over the past 12 years. It came out in 2008. Yep. And, and it's going to continue to move forward. And Iron Man had such a great arc through all the movies and all the way up through Endgame where you realize that he's the backbone. He's the heart of the Avengers. Um, he's the catalyst for everything that had happened from from creating Ultron, which ultimately led to the creation of Vision, to, to you know, so much that happened in all those movies. It, it's all about... Iron Man. It all revolves yeah. around Iron Man. So mm-hmm. th- there's, I don't think any any Marvel movie can come out that would supplant Iron Man as number one on my list. It's 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 a milestone. It 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 started a new era of filmmaking, and Robert Downey Jr. was just perfectly cast as Tony Stark. Yeah. So I, I just can't imagine a movie uh, beating Iron Man for the number one slot. So where does Iron Man fall on your list? Numero uno as uh, well. Awesome. Great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, um, do you just want me to, to go yeah, through? Yeah, re- recap your top five. Five, okay. So Captain America 1, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, love it, love it. Number four for me is Endgame. I loved wow. Endgame. So uh, you liked Endgame more than Infinity War. I did. Interesting. I find that interesting. Um, Just that... that, that that third act was just absurd, and it it, it, it definitely it, saves the whole movie. It, yeah, it it um it it'll go down in history as one of like the biggest, most dramatic, uh, you know, uh, third acts in my opinion. Yeah, um, I won't spend too much time on it, uh, but I I loved it. I do want to uh, since you're on it, I I wanted to bring up the one shot that kind of gives me goosebumps is when all the female characters sort of yeah, come together in one shot on the screen. That was such an iconic moment, which I guess hints at some of the future plans for the Marvel Cinematic Universe that the, the women are going to play major roles. Okay, I, ha- I haven't heard that, yeah. but uh, I, I, I'm all for that. Um, so yeah, Endgame. Endgame is, is that movie that, okay, a couple people die, um yeah the sacrifices that the were sa- made the sacrifices yeah. that were made by at least two of the main characters uh, yeah. um where does disney go from there do you recast those characters because well that would be some pretty hard shoes to feel well, I, I don't see them recasting them i think their arcs are done and again this this almost kind of undermines the weight that went to black widow's sacrifice when after seeing this, experiencing this dramatic moment and heartbreaking moment, then they're like, coming to theater soon, Black Widow. And it's like, what? Now I know this Black Widow, this upcoming Black Widow movie takes place earlier yeah. in the timeline, but it, it sort of deflates that moment that we experienced together in Endgame that now we're going to see her on the screen again. Oh, so, okay, I so see. If they do future Black Widow movies, I would imagine it's going to take place earlier in her career, but I don't see them going back and rescuing her or anything like that. I think her arc is done. 
Um, yeah, I think so. Which brings up kind of an interesting point. This is something we haven't touched on. Uh, when when Captain America is tasked with having to return all the Infinity Stones, when you really think about it, it's not as easy as it sounds. And the, the one that I really think a lot about is the Soul Stone. So, you know, they had to make a sacrifice to get their hands on the Soul Stone. Well, now Captain America is going to return it? And how is that going to happen? Like, and think about who he has to face to return the Soul Stone. Red Skull, who's the guardian of the Soul Stone. So imagine Captain America walking up to Red Skull and go, here, we don't need this anymore. I want to see that movie. Like, how do you explain Captain America returning all those stones? And how does, what's his reaction when he sees Red Skull, guardian of the Soul Stone? It's, uh, so yeah. I don't see Captain America returning the Soul Stone and then Red Skull saying, okay, well, I'll give you Black Widow in return. I <laughs> no, just don't see that no, happening. So no. so I think Black Widow's um, think, a story I, arc is done. I think done. she's done. And then in that movie, she, she has a little sister, uh, blonde. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I think she, she, it might be something more like she's passing it off onto her. Mm-hmm. And that actress, um, I, I know I told you about that weird movie, uh, Midsummer. Oh yeah. So she she's the uh, she's the lead in that. She's great. Hmm. But if Marvel was, or if Marvel were to go down the road of having her be like the next Black Widow, I, I'm I'm I'd be for that. Now speaking of which, nothing Marvel does is accidental. And if you look closely during Tony Stark's funeral scene, one of the characters who attends the funeral is the teenage boy who appeared in Iron Man 3, I yep. believe. Yep, that's it. Yep. Now, there, there, there's a reason they put him in there, and it makes you wonder, is he going to carry on the mantle of Iron Man? Yep. So we'll, we'll see. I've heard people uh, speculate. Yeah. Um, all right, that's Endgame. Uh, my number three is Ragnarok, which we talked about. All right. I have no problem with that crack in your top five. I <laughs> absolutely loved it. Number two. Um, it's not an MCU movie, but it is Logan. I absolutely loved Logan when I saw it in theaters. Um, it's a great, great comic book movie. Um, I, they, they came out with a black and white version, which I have not seen yet, but mm. I would like to see it someday. Wow. I think that'd be cool. Uh, definitely not a kid's movie. Do, do not, just like Deadpool, don't take your kids to see it. Although when I saw both of those movies, there were, Four and five year olds in that theater, oh, yeah. and I'm like, because it's a comic book where movie. Are your so. parents, yeah. Um, I actually have enjoyed everything that the character of Wolverine has appeared in. Yes, some people, you know, criticize some of those movies, like Wolverine Origins or whatever it is. Um, but I enjoyed every movie, and kind of getting back to um, X Men First Class on your list, I think my favorite X Men movie or any movie that in, involves Wolverine was days of future past. Yeah. I love that movie. I'd love that everything revolved around Wolverine. Yep. Um, I, that's probably my favorite X-Men movie and my favorite Wolverine movie. But, um, I agree with you that Logan's a, a, is one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. Yeah. Um, I don't felt, I don't feel like they overdid anything. A lot of these movies seem like they're 80% CGI. This movie was very small percentage mm-hmm. CGI. Had very realistic uh feel to it. Yeah. 
It was a great drama. Yeah, it, yeah, and not, it, it wasn't just like a comic book movie. It was an actual story of of that trope of uh, the guy trying to help a young girl escape, get to uh, a, you know safety, yeah. and along the way, all the the things they encounter. I love yeah. those type of stories. Yeah, putting you know? him in the role of the father figure yep. and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I love those type of films. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. All right, and. Number one, uh, Iron Man 1. The movie that started it all. And and, uh, think about the risk they took Yeah, making this movie. Because before that, most Marvel movies were just jokes. You know? Yeah. There there weren't very many great ones. And then they take a chance on Robert Downey Jr., who has publicly had some, you know, uh, uh, drug issues. And so I'm sure that to ensure him... Uh, to be in the movie, it took a lot of cajoling from uh, John Favreau. Well, I think, I think his history probably is what made him a top candidate for the role because in the history of the Iron Man comic books, Tony Stark went through a phase of alcoholism and stuff like that. Oh, okay, I didn't and know so that. I think, I think they felt that he could bring that to the role, and then in Iron Man Two, they kind of explored that a little bit where uh, Tony Stark's maybe started drinking a little bit and stuff like that. Um, speaking of Iron Man 2, for me, that's rock bottom as far as the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Iron Man 2 is rock bottom for me because of the fact that they explored those themes, which I'm like, I don't know if we need to see that. Um, and, and so it's kind of disappointing for me that Iron Man is number one on my list and Iron Man 2 is at the bottom <laughs> of my list. And then Iron Man 3, I, I enjoyed it, but it, it lacked action. It was more of a character-driven piece, yeah, and there yeah. just wasn't a lot of action in Iron Man 3. Um, so for me, it goes from you know Iron Man 1 to then the ensemble pieces, the Avengers movies and the Infinity Wars, and, sure. and him being redeemed in, in Endgame and all that stuff, but not a fan of the, the sequels. I think out of all the characters who were given multiple movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think Captain America had the best trilogy oh, yeah. of of first avenger um uh civil war and or i think um i think the when, other one when, came when first winter soldier came winter second soldier. and then yeah. civil war i think i could sit down and watch those three movies back to back to back and they're really solid but yeah he he has the most solid trilogy uh definitely not thor those yeah <laughs> yeah unfortunately his well his uh, metal movie was a little weak yeah, ragnarok yeah. was pretty great but uh yeah um but yeah, I, I'm I'm just we're all very thankful that John Favreau had the guts to do it and say, "Hey, I love this uh, story. Um, I'm going to convince a, a studio to help me, and yeah. we're going to do it." And it turned out great. Yeah, it really <laughs> did. Like a character that I don't think the average American really knew all that much about. Right. You know, everyone knew Batman, Superman, stuff like that. Imagine that pitch meeting saying, "What about Iron Man?" And, what about Iron Man? You want to do a movie about Iron Man? And it could have come across as cheesy and corny, but it was absolutely fantastic, and, and it just set the tone for everything that came after. Yep. Uh, speaking of everything that comes after, um, despite COVID-19 and everything, there's still a release list that Marvel is still pushing. Yeah. Um, the, the first series of the MCU kind of ended with Endgame and then uh, Far From Home kind of started the next phase of the MCU. 
Um, everything got put on hold now because of COVID. But what's coming up on the calendar over the next several years is a movie called Eternals, which I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then this one, I heard nothing about. Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings is slated for a 2021 release. I know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange has his second movie coming in 2022, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which sounds absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, then I heard that that's supposed to be a legit horror film. Really? And I, I, Interesting. Ho- I, I hope because I love, wow. I love horror. <laughs> uh, and then you mentioned Thor Love and Thunder 2022. Yep. Um, and then there was uh, Black Panther 2 was on the, on the horizon, but then with everything that happened with Chadwick, that's getting pushed back, and they're going to kind of reevaluate where that story going. But that's what's immediately on the calendar for the MCU. And you know, my initial reaction is I've never heard of anything, uh, any of these. I don't know what to expect. But that's what I thought about Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and, and some of those other movies that came out. And that so I, I'm done questioning Marvel. I know that they're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, I'm I'm confident that they got they got the money to get the 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 brightest and best and. The vast majority of the time, these movies are are great. Yeah, you know, on on their own. Um, one more thing I, I wanted to mention: it's not an MCU, but it's a Marvel property. Um, I think it's put out by Sony because he's connected to Spider Man. Is Morbius? Have you heard about that? I have not heard okay. anything about Morbius. So it's it's Jared Leto. Um, and he has some. He's a brilliant doctor, but he he has some autoimmune disease and. The only way that he can um, fight it is to get some sort of extract out of a bat. So, of course, mm-hmm. you know, he goes to extremes, you know, like these things do. And <laughs> look, it seems from the trailer, there's a trailer for it. It seems from the trailer he turns into some sort of, like, vampire. Yeah. And at the, the very last scene is him talking to Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. who, if you remember, he played in Spider-Man uh, as Oh, the, he uh, was the vulture. vulture. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. They're they're tying more and more into uh, yeah. Spider Man now. I like seeing them play nicely with each other because I, I want to see Spider Man and Venom share the screen again yes, and yes. kind of make up for that that Tobey Maguire uh, debacle. Oh, that, that happened. was. Awful. Um, there were elements of that movie I enjoyed, but it it could have been done a lot better. And I'm hoping we're going to see Tom Holland Spider Man face off against uh maybe Tom Hardy's Venom. Uh, that would be a, a really interesting movie. We'll see movie. How, how that the sequel goes. Yeah. Hopefully better than the first. I didn't care that much for the first. Yeah. Um but uh Andy Circus is directing the second one. Oh, you interesting. know the, the guy who yeah. does all oh, the Gollum yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and he was in the Black Panther movies as yep. the villain. Yep. Um, so hopefully it will be in a little bit better hands this time. Here's something to think about. I read an article just recently. Somebody kind of took a look at the roster of Marvel characters that they have at their disposal. And they, they kind of thought what has been introduced in the comics that hasn't been introduced in the movies yet. And, and which character can kind of fit into that world. And a very interesting name came up and there, there may be a reference to this character in one of the movies. I think it was Endgame where they talked about uh, an under-ocean earthquake that had happened. And I, I remember uh, Black Widow was like, well, what do we do about it? And uh, the, the one woman from uh, Black Panther was like, we do nothing about it. It's under the ocean. Mm-hmm. And now people are speculating, is that 
going to somehow lead to a new character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that character is Namor, who is the Marvel equivalent, even though he predates Aquaman. So is that reference about the underwater earthquake a little subtle hint about trying to bring Namor into the fold, especially when you think about the success of Aquaman in the DC universe? Um, will they be bold and try to bring in an Aquaman type character into the Marvel universe? Time will only tell, but I think it would be uh, interesting to bring that undersea world to uh, the Marvel Avengers universe. Any yeah. thoughts on Namor? I this is the first time I'm I'm hearing of this yeah. character, but I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because the only time we've ever seen. Uh, uh, the MCU uh, go underwater as if, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there's submarines or something. But there's, <laughs> we've never seen any any true superhero yeah. underwater, and eh, it's, 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 it's time for it. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. Now, the only reason I would see Marvel not going in that direction is, is so that they wouldn't be accused of stealing a page from Aquaman, even though, like I said, Namor predates Aquaman. But when you think about it, the DC universe does not hesitate to steal from Marvel. And a perfect example is that as much as I love this movie, but Wonder Woman borrowed heavily from Captain America, that ragtag group of World War II soldiers all fighting. I'm like, oh my God, this is deja vu all over again. And they borrowed heavily from Captain America and were not ashamed of it. (laughs) So I I can see the Marvel people saying, you steal from us, we could steal from you. Plus Marvel can easily say, hey, look at the facts. We we came up with this guy before you you did. Yeah. Uh, We're we're just simply now (laughs) getting to the point where we can make our own version of this. Yeah. Um, You know, this is our own property. We're not copying off you guys. And then they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Kind of reminds me when I was younger, I played a character on public access television. I had this made up accent that I did. It was this goofy character with this accent. And I remember asking somebody what they thought of the character. And and they said, well, to be honest, I feel like you're stealing from another guy at the public access studio who did a character with a bad accent, you know? And I said, I I actually did mine first. And they were like, (laughs) oh, okay. So, you know, sometimes you got to educate people and go, yeah, yeah Namor came first. So we'll see. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So that kind of wraps up our uh, discussion of top 10 Marvel movies and yes. looking forward to what the future holds. I think that period, that first phase was a golden age of filmmaking that um, not only do I feel blessed to have been able to witness on the screen, but I'm almost envious of the kids you know, this is their Star Wars, you know, yes. like what Star Wars was to me as a 10 year old. I feel like these Marvel movies are to today's 10 year olds who are now in their 20s. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, sure. But it's a, it was just a great thing to witness on the screen and seeing the technology advance. You know, as far as CGI characters go, I think Thanos is right there at the top that yeah. you felt compassion and, and, and rage at this fabricated computer generated character and plus you could tell he it does kind of look like uh, josh brolin yeah and josh brolin did such a great job with that voice yeah i am inevitable 
So, yeah, again, we're looking forward to what the future has to hold. And, uh, Andrew, thanks for sitting in. Uh, glad yep. to have you back in the podcast yeah. room. And, Thank you. Um, you have some upcoming projects you want to promote? Um, you have any pristine peninsulas coming up or uh, Netflix and Kills? <laughs> we might we might do some Netflix and Kills because we can only have two people in the studio at the time. Yeah. For pristine peninsula, I, I, I really do need to have four people. It just, You know, it, it just bounces. We bounce off each other better. Uh, we tried a Zoom uh, episode, which um, it was okay. I'm glad I did it, um, but it's not the same as having everybody in the same room, right? You know. Yeah, I agree. So whenever we, we when here in the studio, when we can decide to open it up a little bit more, then I'll uh, I'll get Pristine Peninsula back. Um, also, me and a few friends uh, started a sketch troupe called Magna Carta. Oh yeah, we filmed our first sketch and uh it's on uh my social media andrew walker uh on facebook twitter whatever and we're just uh looking to make uh digital shorts right now since we can't get into the theater um so yeah people are desperate for entertainment right i now. know <laughs> support your local uh artists support your local uh small businesses uh yeah all right. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Looking forward to getting you back in the podcast room again soon. Thank you. And we'll wrap up this edition of Top 10. We'll see you next time. Oh.